0: Good morning. We conclude our series today in the Epistle of 1 Peter, chapter five, verses one and following. I encourage you if you want to go back and catch up online. It's been a great study for me. I've learned a lot. I'll trust that you have. And uh, so we're going to say goodbye today to a friend, Pete. Is that okay with anybody? Some of you are like, "Praise God," and the other one's like, "Oh, I'm going to miss that because I get texts saying all the above." Well, this morning. Uh, There's a little misprint there about Christian suffering. That's what I did last weekend, but today, God-honoring service and line alert. We're going to go through a passage, a section of Scripture, so put your seatbelt on, get ready, and we're going to tackle God's Word. Is that fair enough? Okay, let's do that together. So turn over to 1 Peter chapter 5. Kind of over this particular subject matter would be shepherd the flock. Be faithful in season and out of season. At the very top of your notes today, I put uh, the message, some verses there from Eugene Peterson. And I, you might want to look at them this afternoon or even now as I'm speaking. I don't know. But the, the first point, I want to just go ahead and jump right in. It would just go, be faithful. When, when I read Holy Scripture, he's really quick to tell us about the faithfulness of the Lord and to be faithful to the text and to be faithful to the Lord. But listen to these verses. The elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving, not as over, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords who over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away." verses one through four i was reading from the new king james version today i was just kind of swapping it up on you trying to figure out what, what translation that's not like mine maybe a little bit different but this morning this whole thing that when peter addresses the church this is in a, an environment as we've been learning that is a great uh, persecution against the church against believers nero has been burning christians at the stake uh, not a very kind guy it's very hard to be a Christian and yet this word is was given a couple thousand years ago but it's given to us to feed the flock to feed the sheep to encourage to disciple us to challenge us to get us to get our hearts guarded and so he, he addresses leadership just right off the top and in our church when we started the church 19 years ago i was praying about leadership models and how do you do that And there's a lot of variety and I believe the scripture allows for that. We're Tim and I have been working hard on some leadership models that will enhance what we're doing now, and that's going to be being released, released to you over the next weeks, uh, weeks to month, a month, six weeks or so. You'll, you'll see some neat things happening. But one of the things here, he just addresses there right at the top: the elders who are among you, I exhort. And and, and Peter goes, but I am a fellow elder. He's just humbling himself to say in there, hey, I am one of these guys. So let's look here at the outline. Right inside the box, a great author, leadership guru in this decade, in this century, uh, has been John Maxwell. I've gone to many of his seminars. I have so many of his books. The other day, my wife, if he gets a new book out, she asked me, do you have this? And she'll get it for me. It was a great gift. And I started reading it this weekend. But here's a couple of points. I want you to just fill this in with me. He says, as a leader, you will be a minister to the people. Now, you see, a lot of times we just think ministers are the ones that are clergy or they're the ones that are on staff. Well, that's not necessarily true. That, that's partly true. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a minister. Do you believe that, church? You minister the good news of salvation. You minister the good news to other people. So it says, you're a minister to the people here. You exhort them. You serve them. Our small group facilitators, leaders. I call them under-shepherds. I believe they're great ministers, and they make a difference. And we need to expand those over the summer months. So I'm just going to give you a quick word of challenge. Some of you have some gifts that you're sitting on. You've not given those to the master completely. We have a need this fall for more leaders. So I'm asking you, would you pray over the next weeks, in a couple of months, God, would you have me be a leader? Would you have me shepherd as an under-shepherd? Because we need those to release and God's church said, amen. Well, I hope you'll say, well, I'll consider it peripherally. Number B, he, was, he said leaders, the elders here, they'd be a mentor to the people. I think it's one of the greatest joys we have is, is to mentor other people in the faith, to invest in them. That's what has been my habit for over three decades, investing in the life of other people. I, I love that. It, it's really the joy of my life. I love to preach, and I love to teach and communicate, but... I really just love to uh, leverage leadership into to pour into other people's lives and watch them grow. And God's really been speaking to me a lot about this season, about how do I even amp that up in my life? But how do you amp it up in yours? Because we have a desperate need for leaders in the body of Christ, and we don't need to be deceived by the enemy anymore, church. So many people, oh, I can't, I can't. Guys, I did not speak till I was five years old. And somebody turns and said, yeah, he shut up either since he started speaking. Yeah, I know. I'm very big, verbose of mouth. I understand that. I have a passion, though, to get it out there. I, I want you people all the time, well, I can't do that. Well, man, in a small group, they're kind of friends anyway. Or maybe they are friends. Not kind of, kind of friends. Well, maybe they are kind of friends. They'll be safe with you. They'll be encouraging to you. I, I, I just pray. I, I'm, I'm just, I'll talk about small groups later. But here he is. And then third, they're a manager of the people. They have uh, oversight. They're, they're entrusted to kind of manage affairs and look out for things. And, and that's one of the things elders does. And then the fourth one, they're, they're a model. You know, if you're a Christian, you need to be a model. You need to be an example to other believers. Your life doesn't mean it's perfect. We're shooting for the perfect one. That's Jesus. But Your life really is a model that somebody wants to follow. All the time I hear people talking about so-and-so has been a role model in my life. I'm looking for role models. Young people are always looking for models. Let me tell you, it's not just for teenagers. I'm always looking for models in my life. I'm looking for the people that are ahead of me. They're older than me. They're wiser than me. It's not very hard to find. There's a lot of people that are so much wiser than me. And you look for those and you want them to speak into your life. Do you have a Paul in your life? Do you have a Timothy? Do you have a Barnabas? I mean, we could just go all through these aspects of mentorship, but that's not really the reason that I'm coming to say today. But look what he says. He says, they're elders, they're fellow elders. And he goes, and then we talked about, he says, and shepherd the flock of God. He, He talks about sheep all the time in the scripture. The most favorite psalm is the 23rd psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. You've heard it, have you? He's a shepherd. He's a gracious shepherd. He's a tender shepherd. He's a mighty shepherd. And have you ever noticed this? You never look at ball teams and go, their mascot is a sheep. When they were naming the Montgomery Biscuits, they didn't go, the Montgomery sheep. Thank God, that would have been horrible. Think about this. When they were naming Denver, did they go, the Denver sheep? Broncos had something strong to it. I mean, the sheep would have been kind of weak. Or how about the St. Louis sheep? No, no, I don't think so. So, you know, we're looking, now, uh, you know, we're looking for something rugged and tough and strong and something, uh, although sometimes I, I look at mascots and I go, man, that's kind of a wuss. But anyway, I won't tell you about what teams I think they are. But, you know, nobody ever says, hey, beware the lamb. Watch the lamb. They might bite you. You know, honestly, lambs are kind of docile. They're extremely timid. They, they require care. They require shepherd. Did you know that the only animal in the entire animal kingdom that has the exact same number of chromosomes that humans have is a sheep? Found it quite interesting. And you could go through, Philip Keller has written a great book. About the shepherd in the 23rd Psalm. I remember reading it years ago, and I, I love to read Philip Keller. He really has insights into this. And we've talked about some of that before, but you know, sheep just get lost easily. They need somebody to help navigate them. They need to have somebody to, to lead them. They're not like a dog or a pigeon that they'll just return. They'll just wander off and they'll just keep going. Do you feel like you and I are like that? We just wander. Bah, bah, bah. And you just keep going. I mean, sheep are dumb, dumb animals. Just draw the parallel for a minute, okay? The figure of a shepherd, though, is, is heartwarming. It's, it's kind. It, it's gracious. It's, it's the life of Jesus. Um, write down Psalm 100, verse 3. Psalm 23, 1. Shepherds are in the light of goodness and righteousness, and shepherds are good. I remember when I was in Israel in 1999 seeing all the shepherds on the the lands, on the hills, on the mountainsides all over Israel. It It was amazing to watch that and all the rocks. Oh, my goodness, that's a whole series in itself. But the only time that sheep are really placed in a favorable place here with a shepherd is when the shepherd is watching over them because it requires oversight. Because, see, sheep won't take care of themselves. Sheep need somebody to watch out for them. And you and I are the same way. We need the good shepherd, and the good shepherd, his name is Jesus. And we need him to watch out for us, because he has the best interest in for us. And and, and when I look at that, Peter, he addresses here, he goes, he talks about the word elder. He he says it multiple times here in this little short section of Scripture. Now, if you look at the Greek, presbyteros refers to somebody who's mature, older. He calls it uh, an overseer. He calls it a shepherd. He calls it an elder. He calls it a bishop. He calls it a pastor. Elder has something to do with maturity. Now, there's debate in the body of Christ, and I I don't really want to get into that right now, and that elders have to be old men, and there's a reason for older men, but it doesn't just necessarily mean chronological age. It means somebody mature of faith, and the church said that's what elders are. They're mature. I, I remember when I first became a senior pastor after being an associate and a youth pastor for many years, and at that time, people were like, you know, do they take me seriously? And some people are like, oh, that was really good. It's really going to be good when you really grow up. Like, oh, what did, I'm 37 now. What does that mean? I've been a pastor for a lot of years. Like, and, then you get, and then as you get gray-headed, you know, boy, I didn't have any problem with that. Or you get bald-headed, like, yeah, now you're serious. Now you're an elder. Dude, you got one foot in the grave. I do not. I watched his elder this morning. I got inspiration. I am not dead. I'm alive. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Somebody agree with me. The bishop means responsibility. You're responsible for people. You know, that's what Tim and I do. We take that seriously. And we need your prayers. And many of you pray and many of you don't. And I'm encouraging you. We need great prayer for this season in our church, for all seasons. A pastor just describes the ministry. means are under-shepherds. They, they lead people. They support people. They, they push people toward Jesus. They help people grow. They lead them to where they can grow in grace. Tim does a marvelous job teaching every Sunday morning. He's a, he's a very quiet Unassuming, humble guy. And he's kind of low key. He's very, he's very calm. He's very steadfast. I'm, I'm thankful for his life and his ministry. I'm very loud and obnoxious and verbose and loquacious and over the top. Amen. Go, thank you. <laughs> and so it compliments, it helps. I'm glad God doesn't create everybody the same, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, Some of you are like, yeah, look, I'm looking at you over there. I'm looking at you. Yeah. You know what? This whole thing about sheep. Uh, and shepherds, elders, they need to be growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. They just they need to grow in their faith. They don't need to be stagnating. And if you're stagnating in your faith today, I want you to ask yourself why. Why are you not growing? Why are you not feeding yourself? Why are you not growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, as Peter told us earlier? So there's this church leaders should always be in growing. They they uh, you, you need hope. You need encouragement. You need refreshment. You need challenge. That's one of the things that we hope to do through elders and through leaders and through shepherds and through staff and through pastors. Acts 6-4, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. That's one of the things that Tim and I do. So we take that seriously, and and we're asking the Lord to continue to expand our elder base and expand our leadership base. And and I'll be announcing some of that. I don't want to get into all of it right now, but I, I want you to know a leader, a shepherd, an elder, they have to feed themselves on the Word of God. Are you feeding yourself on the Word, church? It's not just enough to come hear me say it or to go listen to Charles Stanley or listen to your favorite guy in a great podcast and I'm so thankful for the day and age and I can listen to a zillion sermons and do none of them. We need to be doers of the word. Amen, church? Doers, active doers. Like, no, no, I want to be a hearer. Jesus is not pleased with that. Matthew 20, 25 through 26. Listen to this. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great men exercised authority over them? It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Right out there beside, somewhere in your notes today, servant leader. That's what it means to follow Jesus. You serve others. You serve first. Maybe God gives you an office of leadership, but you're always to be a servant leader I've taken this from John 13. And Jesus took the towel and he washed the feet of the disciples. Lord, thank you for your example. So shepherds are called. They're sent by God. Um, they're to feed the flock of God. You know, earlier where he tells Peter, Peter, do you love me? Oh, Lord, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. And he keeps telling him, well, Peter, do you love Yeah, I love you. Then feed my sheep. The words are still the same today. Feed my sheep. I spend an enormous amount of time every weekend. Matter of fact, can I, can I just be really honest with you all? I'm extremely tired right now. I'm in a season right now I'm exhausted emotionally. Just being real. Is that okay with y'all? I'm just, I'm just kind of tired. I can't wait for vacation. I'm longing for it. My, my body needs to recharge. My soul needs to recharge. And I watch you go, hey, bro, I do that all the time. You know, that's why you see me 50% of the time. I'm, Hallelujah. And then some of you come up to me sometimes, you make me feel so good. I can't believe you were out last weekend gee thanks like you know i just preached the last 17 in a row and you have no idea the anguish in my soul to come out here to give you a buffet on sunday morning i'm humbled by it i'm thankful for you that you support your church you support me this ain't even in my notes i just thought i'd share that with you you're like well, yeah, yeah, you know pastor he's real well who wants to be fake up here you know what i'm saying let's just go ahead and do the real deal well thank you i love you and you know what? I'm supposed to be a spiritual chef. Amen. Well, you're you're kind. I I didn't do it to get applause, but hey, give glory to Jesus. Here's the deal. I'm not a very good cook. Matter of fact, I'm a horrible cook. I grill. I grill in microwave. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Hey, I'm just telling it. But man, I can grill. I like to grill. But you know what? I'm your spiritual chef. And you're like, I know, man. We're kind of praying about it, too. And I'm serving up when I can, man. I'm serving it the best I can because I I want to feed you God's full word. That's why I preach through books of the Bible. That's why I do topical. That's why I preach the hard subjects. Believe me, I would love to do a Joel Osteen for a season, okay? Oh, I just said it, but just go ahead and get it on out there. But i got to give you the full, unbridled, authoritative word of the Lord Jesus Christ from beginning to end. And I can't just give you all the happy parts. You know, I'd be that happy, too, if that's all I preached on all the time. You know, some people are like, is that guy really that happy? I don't know. Maybe he's taking something I don't know about. I don't know. I'm going to get myself in trouble. I better get back to this text quick. You know what I learned about shepherds in the Middle East? They have to lead their sheep to the new grass. You know where the new grass is? It's in the dark. And that's my job is to lead you into some places where you begin to dig for yourself and you begin to read God's word because the greenest food is there in the dark. And there's some riches, there's some morsels of God's word for you to mine yourself and to begin to dig. And so this overseer, not to overlord, to please Christ, my motivation for ministry is Jesus. I entered into ministry because I love God, because I love people. The only thing is, in the process People have worn me out and people have blessed me, and I'm just like you. So, you have to battle all those emotions, okay? Can we just be real? Tell you what, in your profession, right, let's just pick on teachers because I know a lot about being teachers because I have them in my family. They cannot wait for the school year to end. And the teacher said, They're tired. See, my season never is. And you're like, Really? Yeah, yeah. And you see, right now, I'm in a little bit of a depression just because after Easter, the church goes, See you later. Be back in August. Some of you are like, How'd you know? We were all thinking that. Or you're here today, but you won't be here next week. I know you. I mean, I just know, you know, last weekend. Wow, it just is crazy. All right, let's go on back here. I, I, I could preach for two hours and I'm not, okay? I, I got to tell you this one story. I, I thought this was great about being faithful to the text and being faithful to Christ. This guy, he was uh, on this airplane flying uh, to Sacramento, and he landed, and uh, when he did, then there was a flight delay for the next one, the steward gets up and says, let me tell you, says uh, we're going to have to have a delay here. We're not going to be able to get our, our plane going. Uh, we need for all of you to uh, get off the uh, plane here to... Disembark. It, I, I don't know who made up that word i think it's kind of stupid but anyway but you, know, and you got the airplane and uh so everybody got off the plane but this one man and he just stays seated and uh so they you know they walked down there and they looked and uh so finally the pilot he comes out and he walks down the thing and he sees it. he goes, hey bill and, and he knew him and and bill you know said, yeah man how you doing he says hey do you need to get off you know we're getting off he says, ah, nice no. he says i'm fine i'm just gonna stay he says but hey i do have one thing i need you to do could you walk my dog he said well sure i I could walk your dog and i love this pilot although i didn't want to fly on his plane the 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 story goes that the pilot what he did is he got the blind man's dog and he got off the plane but right before he stepped off the plane he put on sunglasses and he had that dog and he was walking out in his pilot suit how many of you would have confidence to get in that airplane and fly with that pilot (laughs) isn't that funny i like that now i'm gonna fly somewhere this week and if a guy's got a dog i'm leaving okay But here's what I want you to know. I want us to be competent in Christ. I want us to give people our best counsel, okay? And I want us to study. And people are like, man, yeah, I I can trust you. I can look to that. This is okay. Um, you know. But listen in here. He goes through here about being examples to the flock. The chief shepherd appears. We're accountable to the chief shepherd. That's the Lord Jesus. Move down to verse 6 or 5. But likewise, the younger people submit yourselves to your elders. And he gets into this whole topic of submission. And I preached on this weeks ago, and I could talk about it for a long time now, but I'll just say that pride is our greatest enemy. Humility is your greatest friend. Be humble or you'll stumble, said D.L. Moody. We have to humble ourselves under the almighty hand of God. And we have to humble ourselves before our leaders and our authority. This office is hard. This office that I walk in is difficult. I'm going to tell you. You ought to try it sometime. It keeps you awake at night. It keeps you on your knees. Your soul is damaged all the time. But great is the God of my salvation, and he's the God of the resurrection. And that's who I purpose to please and to live for, to give him glory. Yeah, well, well, good, bro. We're excited for you. And the church needs good leaders. But let me tell you what else the church needs. I want you to write this down. This is free. The church needs good leaders. And I will purpose, and Tim will purpose, and Jeff will purpose, and Blake will purpose, and our whole staff will purpose to be the best leaders we can be. But let me tell you what we need. I set you up. We need good followers. Let's close in prayer. No, no, okay. See, we need followers too, because we want to follow Jesus. We want to follow him together. And we can do that church so, verses 5 through 7 here, he just talks this whole thing about humility and humbling ourselves and being submissive to the Lord and submissive to the authority that God places over us and praying for them and believing that God is sovereign and that God is in charge of and that He will use the young and He'll use the old and that God has uh, authority structures for the church. Do you believe that, church? I do. My Bible tells me in multiple places that he has offices and he has places for us to serve. And he gives us spiritual gifts to deploy for the glory of Christ as we talked about last weekend. I'll just give you a verse, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls. They know it and they know that they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this joyfully and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit here. He wants us to be followers that bless our leaders, that they follow them because they follow Christ and we follow together and we make Christ known in the community. How many of you want to do that? We follow Christ. He's our high chief shepherd above all. Lord, I'm grateful for you. We submit to you. Let me ask you, as as I ask you to submit, I submit and you submit and we submit is an act of our will. It's an act of faith we submit because we trust that God knows what's best and that God is for us and God is not against us. And our God is for us this morning. And if somebody came to hear that today, you need to know God is for you today. And he sings over you with eternal joy today. He's crazy about you. God, you know how we were so excited this morning about Zelda at 85? We're looking forward to our 185th birthday. It's going to be incredible. I don't think it's going to happen, 185. I am looking forward to her 100th birthday. It, maybe she'll preach that day. I don't know. It's going to be incredible. Just thinking. You've got 15 years to get ready. Okay, all right, here we go. Let me give you a verse here quickly. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Be clothed in humility. The whole section of Philippians, just humble yourself. Clothe yourself in the likeness of Christ. Clothe yourself in humility. It gives joy to Christ. Trust, rest in the sovereign God. But let's move to the verse 7 because this begins to get, oh, like, oh, like, he exalts you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, give all your worries. I just want to know, I want to see some people to really be honest with me today. Raise your hand if you've got some worries and you've got some anxieties. Okay, if you hadn't got your hand up, would you just turn to them and say, I'm going to give you a couple of mine? We got worries. We are anxiety driven. There are medications that are in the billions of dollars now because anxiety is rampant. And there's a scriptural admonition. There's a word from God cast in the Greek, hurl, throw your anxieties on Jesus. Okay, I'm going to make it really Alabama understandable now. On Tuesdays and Fridays, my friends come to my house, the sanitation department, and I push the garbage can out most nights before. PK has been known to be running, chasing the garbage truck. It's hilarious. Don't you be laughing, you do it too. And I go out there, and when they get my can, they don't go, nice trash can, let's just sit it up here gently in the truck. No. The brothers get the trash can, and they rid themselves. They throw it. They hurl it. And when they do, all that trash goes flying out. That's what Jesus says. I want you to hurl. I want you to throw your anxieties on me because I care for you. Some of you are like, dude, you make an illustration out of anything. I'm just trying to understand it, and I want to make sure you understand it. See, already this morning, I've already had one brother in Christ come to me because he was anxiety ridden this morning and driven i'm expecting people to line up knee deep this morning at the service and would you pray for me would you pray for me would you pray for me that's the gift in the body of christ we have intercession amen and some of you just are anxiety kind of centric anyway and some of you have a season of anxiety I, i know i'm going through one and i'm just trying to say god i i need comfort and the Living Bible says, let him have all your worries and cares for he's always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. I like that. My God loves you. He loves me. He's watching over us. He's concerned. So when stress comes your way, you can either carry the worry or you can cast the worry on God and let God worry about it and carry it. But I know, some of you are going to walk out of here. That was a great pa- sermon pastor. Just loved it. I'm so stressed out. He ain't listening to nothing I said. Because we need to throw it on Jesus. It's not hard. It's not hard and it's not simple. You have to do it repeatedly. I find myself, I mean, I know these truths. I'm I'm trying to preach to myself this morning. I have to preach to my soul sometimes. I have to encourage myself in the Lord. Don't you find yourself encouraging yourself in Scripture? Well, if you don't read Scripture, you don't encourage yourself in the Scripture. I encourage you just to find yourself in Scripture that you're building yourself up in the goodness of the Lord you have to decide what kind of God you believe in. Is he close? Is he personal? Is he caring? Or is he cold? Is he aloof? Is he passive? I pray your God is that God. He's, he's front and center. He's up close. He's nearer than a brother. And he is for you this morning. The second thing is, be here, be faithful. Then I said be humble by 5 through 7, 8 through 11. Now be watchful. I want you to be extremely watchful because you and I have an enemy. This is called line alert. There's a line out to eat our lunch. There's a line out to gulp us down. There's a line out to devour us. There's a line. The lines are on the top ten list of Africa's most dangerous animals. They weigh up to some 550 pounds. When I was in Africa, I remember seeing these lines. I mean, although we, we kept seeing the female lines because I found out the male lions are lazy and they hide. <laughs> Just kind of like us men, you know. And the female, matter of fact, I got 15 foot in a safari truck from a, female line i have a picture on my phone it's pretty cool somebody said were you that close i said yeah but thank god for that motor was running so we could get out of there although do you realize i thought about it sitting there i said if that line wanted us that line would be up here with us yeah it was a comforting thought but donna was thousands of miles away okay here we go but we have an enemy and he's invisible but he's real you know some people today don't believe in the devil what why How many believe Satan is real and he's powerful and he comes to steal and kill and destroy as the Word of God teaches? That's what he's doing this morning. We have an enemy. It's sobering, isn't it? He's Diabolos. He's a slanderer. Slander is used 50, 35 times in Scripture. Another 54 times he's referred to as Satan. Eight Five times is the evil one. Eight times is the wicked one. From Genesis 3 to Revelation 20, his work spans all of history, all of time, and he rules. The Bible says Satan is the prince of this world, but he has an end. (laughs) That's right. And Christ has conquered him at the cross, and once he'll be punished forever. Man, I'm looking forward to that day no more. I like what D.L. Moody said, I believe Satan to exist for two reasons. First, the Bible says so. The second is, I've done business with him. He's real. He's out to deceive, and he's out to connive, and he's out to masquerade as an angel of light. He wears a uh, a disguise. He has a a plan here, and it's to devour people, and it's to get people to get on his side and to live for him. He has a desire that he wants people to burn in hell for all eternity, but it's not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. That's the blessed hope of the gospel of grace. So this line, see, this imagery probably became real to Peter for several reasons because he was a part of the persecuted church and he was out in the big arenas when they would take the Christians and they would feed the Christians to the line. So maybe that's why he talks about this line. He, he, the fiery trials, the persecution they go through. He knew that the lines were real, but he knew greater was the force of darkness. But he knew greater than that was the force of the resurrected one, Jesus. And it's into that that we play and we live. So the enemy has a territory that's active and it's alive. And the devil has four principal targets. I want you to write them down. He goes after Jesus Christ. He's been going, he went after Jesus Christ all the way to the cross. He went after Christ, Genesis three fifteen, Revelation 12, 4. He went after Christ. The second one is the target is holy angels. He, he goes after them. You know, a third of them were cast into the pit of darkness, and he, and he wants them. He also goes after the nation of Israel. How many of you believe the devil is after the nation of Israel even this morning? You better believe he is. Read world history. Watch the news. And you know what else he goes after the fourth category? He goes after believers. He will not rest. He's real we have to put on Ephesians 6, on the full armor of God that we can be victorious. I've told you every day, sometimes multiple times a day, I put up, I put on, I suit up with the armor of Christ because I want to be a victorious warrior for that day. And I pray you do. So the tactics of the devil, they're real. They can't be ignored. And he has an inner, inner weaponry. It's the mind. And he comes to attack your thought life. And we win the battle in our mind. And the Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind upon the Word of Jesus Christ. Are you being transformed this morning? The Word will do that for you. This weekend I've just been reading Scripture after Scripture, meditating on the Scripture for freedom, for peace, for joy, for victory. And then God gives us the herd. He gives us the body. He gives us the community of faith to encourage us in the pursuits of God. Thank you for that, Father. In this brutal line, the enemy, he comes after us. But let me tell you, he's a second-rate line because one day the line of Judah is going to roar, that final roar, and he's going to be in total reign and rule forever. Are you not excited about that? This is the true line, King, the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that, the line of Judah. Oh, 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 Judah just means praise. He's the ruling one of heaven. John 19, 30, if you want to look there. And then I, I wrote in this thing, so be faithful, be humble, be watchful. And I'm just going through this, and this just came to me real quick. And I said, okay, have heart. You walk out here today, you can't remember anything I said, just have heart. Have a heart for him. Let me give you what I got, came up with. The H is for humbled. We're just humbled by His grace. We're just humbled to be called a child of the King. We're just humbled because He calls us to be humble. Because He opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. But just be humble. Then The E is for the example. God calls you and me as believers in Christ to be an example to the body of faith. So what kind of example are you being To the faith family. What kind of example are you being to those outside the church? The A is for attitude. And he says, I want you to have heart, but I want you to have an attitude of submission. And I want you to submit to me. I want you to submit to your leaders. And I want you to give praise to God. And the R is for release. First Peter 5 7, I want you to release all those cares to me. I want you to hurl them. I want you to throw them. I want you to rid yourself of the anxiety, the cares. The distractions remember in the Gospel, Mary and Martha and Martha got all distracted by the business of preparing chicken dinner for Jesus? Kind of a loose paraphrase. I think it was chicken but here 's the deal and then look at the T tuned into the enemy. I want you to tune into the spirit of God, but I want you tuned into the enemy too. I want you to be realizing that he's alive and that he's active and that he seeks to steal kill and destroy he seeks to devour you even right now and in your life and I'm like lord give me heart i want to run with you lord jesus i read a great story about running with the king or running and being persistent in 1986 the new york marathon had a lot less participants than it does today They had just under 20,000 today. I think it runs fifty or 60,000. And there was uh, this guy named Bob Whelan. And he came in 19,413th. He was dead last in the marathon in 1986. His time to run the New York marathon, listen to this. Four days, two hours, 47 minutes, and 17 seconds. I know you're going, well, gee, boy, tell us about a winner. Oh, I am. I'm glad you said that. He had no legs. His legs had been blown off in Vietnam. He had a 25-pound leather saddle attached to his torso, and he had these leather gloves attached to his hands, to his knuckles. And he crawled himself the entire marathon. I went, wow, that's somebody that wants to endure. That's somebody that wants to finish. He considered the finish line, and he finished. And my prayer is this. We've been going through Peter, and he talks about endurance. I want you to look down, move with me quickly to verse 10 and 11. But may the God of all grace that's a strong word, the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After you have suffered a while, perfect, established, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. It's our God that in our suffering, he settles us, he strengthens us. It's God's commitment to us. He wants to establish you and I strong in Christ. And persecution and trials and fiery trials and tribulation drives me to the heart of the Father. And God's commitment is to strengthen me, to establish me, not to weaken me, to make me more. And He is the God of all truth. But I read earlier, He's the God of all grace. I circle that in your Bible. He's the God of all grace. And that grace extends right now in this place this morning. God's compensation. Is the eternal dominion and rule of Christ forever? So, God has a simple invitation this morning come home. Come home to God. You have once walked with Him, but you have drifted. Come home. You've become carnal. Come home. You've never believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come home. The Father bids you an invitation. Follow me. Will you follow him? Let's pray. Lord, I am grateful for this congregation, for these amazing people. Lord, I thank you for the authority of the eternal word of God. I thank you for this rich study in Peter and for the things that I've learned by studying this word. Now, God, help me and my friends to put your word into practice and to be strengthened, and to be established, and to be perfected in Christ. Help us to follow you, Lord Jesus. With all of our heart, may we cry out to you. This morning, friend, if you're sitting there and you don't know Christ, would you just call out to Jesus to save you, to be your Savior and Lord? And say, Lord, come into my life. Invade me. Cleanse me by your blood. Make me your child. Make me fit for heaven. I trust you, Jesus, for heaven. But I'll trust you for this life too. I will follow you today. I receive you by faith. And I will be a Christ follower from this day forward.